Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Pacific Heart Podcast, Mental Health, Spirituality, and Culture. I'm Ravi Chandra, psychiatrist and author of the book Face Buddha, Transcendence in the Age of Social Networks, just published in October 2017 and available everywhere books are sold. Details and links to more writing at facebuddha.co. In this first episode, I talked to Kim B. Chin, who performs an amazing one-woman show called Reclaiming Vietnam, which I saw at the SF Fringe Festival recently. Find out more at her website, Kim B. Chin, that's Kim B. C-H-I-N-H dot com. We talk about sexual assault, the Me Too campaign, and social media. Great. Hello, this is Ravi Chandra, and I'm here with Kim Chin to discuss social media and uh, the good and the bad and the the more difficult uh, aspects of social media, Um, particularly uh, because uh, I met you, Kim, uh, when you uh, performed your fantastic one-woman show, Reclaiming Vietnam, which is about a, a memoir about your experience uh, in life and also in uh, visiting Vietnam. And uh, so, and there were some very difficult uh, uh, aspects of that, which were extraordinarily moving. And I just recommend everybody to go out and uh, find find this play and, 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 and get their schools and, and uh, universities to uh, bring this play to them because it's, it's just absolutely moving. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, maybe we can give a little bit of that back. Uh, I don't know how much of the background you can give, but uh, talk a little bit about how you um, incorporated some of the more difficult memoir pieces, and I don't know how much you want to talk about that um, into the play. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show, <laughs> and and um, and I'm so happy that you came to see the play. And thank you for the, the really wonderful compliments about the play. And, you know, I just want to mention it's really funny because I had done the play in the New York um, Fringe Festival last summer in August. And I had an email from you afterwards saying like, oh, I didn't I didn't get to your show. I went to the wrong venue. But if you ever end up in San Francisco, I'd love to, you know, I'd like I'd, here's here are ways you can promote the show. And here are people that you can reach out to. And I thought that was so generous. And um, and I did reach out to many of those people when I did the show in San Francisco. And you're one of the first people I thought of when I realized I was going to the San Francisco Fringe this past summer. So. Anyway, it was just very serendipitous, and I'm really happy that you got to see the play. Yeah. Um, and I'll just talk a briefly about, um, like, the synopsis of the play. I, I grew up in a biracial home. My father is Vietnamese. My mom is white. And um, I grew up in a home that housed a lot of Vietnamese refugees after the Vietnam War. So my father sponsored a bunch of people. He was actually working with the Catholic Church to bring over people from Vietnam. And he worked as a translator and help people be placed and help them find jobs. And, you know, he also sponsored, um, I think, like 10 of his brother's children. And maybe not all of his, all of them were my cousins, but people from his village, other young people from from his small village where he grew up. Um, Well, not necessarily grew up, but where he was a young man because they moved from the north to the south when he was a teenager um so the show it sort of the beginning kind of centers around my my disdain for Vietnamese culture because I grew up in a primarily white uh, environment like my school was mostly white people there was maybe one other Asian family um there was an Indian boy but he was adopted there was um 
like one black family and that was it and I felt very much uh I just that I didn't belong and having being associated with all of these refugees from Vietnam really made me feel even more that I didn't belong and I thought they just looked funny and had funny haircuts and they didn't speak the language and I was embarrassed of them in many ways um but I think so I so I grew up with kind of this feeling um of like racism against Vietnamese people and the thing that and the difficult topic that that you mentioned Ravi is also it has to do with um being sexually abused as a child and so that factors into my whole dislike of Vietnamese culture because I associated that sort of violation and that that dirtiness that I felt with um with being Vietnamese I I really thought that it was kind of um a phenomenon that happened only well I guess when I was very young I thought it only happened to me and the whole entire world and that you know this was something that these people brought over from Vietnam because there were four cousins there were four cousins and then there were probably maybe um two other people who weren't related to me but but also were kind of um inappropriate inappropriate I'll just say that so um I was surrounded by a lot of a lot of inappropriate sexuality growing up and I attributed that to being Vietnamese and so um Yeah, so so my play has to do with that and and it also has to do with coming to terms with um going to Vietnam and realizing that as much as I disliked being Vietnamese that this was absolutely a a part of who I was, like it or not. Um and I think one thing that that's always relevant and I get so much feedback about this from other people is that you know, even though I want to say I'm just a human being, I am judged on how I look and my skin color and you know my gender and so how I look is a part of who I am and people want to know where you're from they want to know your background sometimes they're curious sometimes they're racist but in general it's always I think it behooves me to know more about my culture than than not and so that's something that I explore in the play that I went to Vietnam and I had a really profound experience in Vietnam with the Vietnamese people and felt so incredibly loved and accepted by them and felt so connected to Vietnam um that when I came back instead of shying away from my Vietnamese identity as I had in the past I was very much proud of it and embraced it after many many years yeah and I, I, the audience and I certainly felt your your whole journey and your story um and so when you do reveal uh the uh the the, the abuse and uh and then you uh reveal how you uh kind of were able to confront uh the uh the the cousins who had abused you um that was just so incredibly moving and powerful and just uh you know i think it touched everyone uh who who heard you and um and, and then you're you're able to even uh go further than that in in fact you you kind of describe kind of having a moment of compassion uh or a time of compassion for uh uh one of your cousins and you you kind of asked him whether he'd had uh uh incidents happen to him and so i thought that was just a, a just a, a mind-blowing really uh, account of uh, uh of coming uh through this whole uh experience um so i mean i think you know of course 
uh, an hour-long play is going to be very different and, and uh, much more uh, uh, immediate and powerful than the social media experiences we're having. But I guess, you know, we can kind of um, uh, go uh, to that. And I mean, first of all, uh, how are you doing with all in the last few weeks with this, uh, with, you know, the sexual uh, uh, harassment uh, uh, charges that have just been exploding uh, all over the media about Harvey Weinstein and other others. And, uh, and also the Me Too uh, movement on social media, which has uh, kind of been a big part of that. Um, so uh, how have you noticed that hap uh, affecting you uh, in your kind of, I don't know how active you are on social media and um, if that's made an impact on you, if you've, if you've actually posted things on social media, et cetera? Yeah, good question. Um, well, first of all, I'm thrilled about, you know, not that Harvey Weinstein is such a bastard, but I'm thrilled that all of these women have come forward and that it's been so empowering for so many women to talk about this because it's been going on for so long yeah. and um, people in power, I think, have always just sort of used that power to really keep people silent and the fact that it's not working anymore and that all of these allegations are coming out for all of these people, any man who's been, any man or woman or anyone who identifies as something other, but anyone who's in a position of of power or, or authority abusing that power and for so many women and men to come forward and say, this is not okay anymore. Um, yeah, and I should probably stop saying women and men. It should, it should be all of us, all right, people. Right. But um, I think it's really so amazing and uh i i love that it like every day there's there are new things about new people it, because it, it's just it's just not right it's not right it's and i don't feel like it's a witch hunt or like everyone's jumping on the bandwagon it's it's that people have really been violated and have not been allowed and really been disempowered and in, in being able to speak up for themselves i mean it's so true that so many people's careers would have been ruined if they had you know, said anything, and, and people's have been, so, so I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that it, that's happening, it's really, um, it's a beautiful thing, and, and I think, um, I'm not very active on social media, I, I use it to promote my, you know, my show, and things that I'm doing artistically, um, but I do, you know, I do read, and, and I am, I am really heartened by all of the people that are, that feel, that, that are finally, that feel yeah. allowed to speak. Yeah, I agree. I think it's an incalculable positive good that uh, these, this volume on this issue is being raised uh, through the roof. And, and I, I hope this is a big sea change in our, our, our kind of, uh, in gender relations. Um, uh, I guess I always, you know, wonder, you know, since I'm such a critic of social media, um, I, I guess I, I wonder sometimes about uh, how the, the bigger social message uh, versus the individual uh, uh, messages, how that is. I mean, because I, you know, so I wonder, you know, I've had uh, already today, I've had uh, uh, two patients uh, talk about sexual harassment uh, in the media and in their lives and, and uh, in, in more complex and ambivalent ways than, uh, than I think uh, many of these issues get uh, uh talked about or what's displayed on social media. And so, I mean, there's nuance and complexity to everything. Um, but, you know, that's one thing I wonder. I mean, you know, so I guess my 
my uh, my bias is that uh, ultimately we really have to talk and talk about these things on face to face and uh, resolve the relationship distress with actual relationship, not just through a screen. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess that's my. I mean, as much good as this is doing, I kind of uh, uh, I, I want to bring it back into the room, so to speak, and into yeah. into our real world relationship. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, like you mentioned the word bandwagon. I had one patient last week who expressed, you know, I, I've been talking to all my patients. How is this affecting you? And, and you know, on uh, many of them. And, and, you know, one of them actually said, well, I'm so ambivalent about jumping on a social media bandwagon. I mean, of course I've had things happen to me, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I don't, I worry about kind of broadcasting these things uh, in such a public way. Um, and so, I mean, you know, yes, that's a bit of silence, but I mean, I guess there's room for a lot of, uh, you know, different opinions about how people, you know, uh, uh, portray these things. But yeah, I, I don't know if you have any uh, thoughts about that. Um, yeah, um, well, I, I have a bunch of thoughts about it. First of all, I think, I think you're right. It's, it's, um, it's not so much about relationships between men and women or, you know, power versus people without power, but just, you know, what's acceptable and to, for young people to, I guess, to be held accountable. I mean, to sure. know that society is holding them accountable. And I think that's one amazing thing about social media is that, you know, nobody, nobody can hide. In another way, it, it could be, it could be, um, I mean, I have heard about stories where, you know, men are really, um, can't, like, painted a terrible picture when they haven't really done anything, and, and I think we are more apt to believe women than we are men, and, and I, and I think that's okay, I, I think that, you know, for all the women in the, going through the centuries, or millennia, who haven't been believed, you know, it, it's sure. okay for, <laughs> it's okay for, you know, men a man get, here or there yeah. to, yeah, to be, um, to be libels or something but um but you know what i was actually thinking about in terms of of how this all manifests you know and, and in terms of my show or you know in terms of sexual abuse is that a lot of us are trained from childhood you know when i look at the statistics for sexual abuse it's um if you define it as any inappropriate sexual behavior you know before the age of 18 you know while you're still considered uh, a child, um, that there's, I think it's one in three, uh, one in three women, one in four boys, or one in, one in three girls and one in four boys. And, and sometimes that number changes. Sometimes I feel like it's three in four women and like um, three out of four women. <clears throat> but, uh, but I think that a lot of this, you know, we're, we're taught from, a young age or taught as children, you know, to be quiet and to not speak up and that the, the people in our lives, the authority figures in our lives are the people who are setting us up for this type of silence and this, this type of abuse so that it goes, it's not just one person who like pulls down his pants on the subway or, you know, someone who inappropriately uh, or says something inappropriate at work. Like there is this whole culture that we're, we're brought up in and, and not just the culture, but like our families, our family lives, uh, our parents would say, you know, don't say anything, don't mention that. And, 
and um, and then people who are on a more a larger scale, like more um, more insidious behavior. That's that's like you know, don't tell. This is a secret. This is something that I'm teaching you. You know, lots of these types of really. Uh, I mean, it sounds really sick, but I think it happens so much more often than than we know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I guess, you know, as a psychiatrist, I hear more about these stories. And being the son of a single mother, I also heard a lot about these stories. My mom, you know, facing uh, uh, all kinds of things in India and also in America, going through her, her uh, work uh, and all that. So, um, so uh, yeah, I think these are um, uh, uh, powerful. But I guess, yeah, so, um, um, so I think... I think we have to, you know, uh, if it happens uh, in multiple ways uh, through multiple media, all the better. Um, but I guess, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what what do you, what do you, how do you how do you deal with it when you know uh, you know I don't know what the right way is or is there a right way when you see these things on your social media? How do you respond? How do you, you know, because it's distressing to read about. You know, it's distressing to go through these experiences. It's also distressing for a caring person to see someone going through these things, mm-hmm. or has you know. So, uh, do you uh, do you have a particular way you respond? That's a really good question. Um, well, I think a lot of my friends. Uh, when I started, when I moved to New York, I started going to a, a support group, and it was like a kind of a it was a twelve step group. And um, it was for survivors of incest. And those people became kind of my community and my family. And I went to these meetings on a regular basis. And it was was something that we talked about in detail in these rooms, but never outside. Never, of course, never on. There wasn't even social media back then. (laughs) Uh Uh But... um, but as I've seen their stories come out, you know, these are people that I know and and I know their stories and I know their backgrounds. So it's not surprising because I, I feel like I've been in that community for so long and I know how it happens and why it happens and, and, you know, all of the backgrounds, like it just happens across all demographics and all socioeconomic backgrounds. So, um, seeing it pop up, I'm, I'm just, like it's not surprising and and at the same time you know i i am i try to be supportive so i do comment like i'm you know so proud of you or you know good for you for sharing or thank you so much for your bravery those types of things because all people i think all people really want to know is that people are listening and people care and people believe them um and other than that you know i i don't it is, it is so overwhelming if you try to reach out with support for each person you know it's it's too much but also as a woman it's not like it's not surprising at all that every single woman I've ever met has has been you know abused and not just lightly but you know pretty much you know like um violently not maybe not like right. physically but right. you know just like you know New York City like the subway it's like you you know I I uh, there are people that I mean gosh you know the people on the trains that are it's just like the horrible things that like you know for someone I guess it sounds so bad but you know someone like ejaculates on you on the train on a oh, crowded train God. Like, you oh. know like you know, this is not oh. uncommon so it's not <laughs> I'm so sorry to say that on um but yeah it, like these are these are just kind of like everyday things it's it's thrilling to me that 
they're that people are so upset by them because for many women this is just what we deal with every day yeah yeah well and uh and men and all uh, women uh we Absolutely. all need to uh be aware of this and uh uh um uh yeah and i think um you've uh uh, just the kind of what you've outlined that you've gone through uh, with this has really brought you, brought you into deeper relationship with so many women who share this experience, and uh, and through your show, you've uh, you've brought us into your experience too in a real uh, uh, you know face to face relationship that I think everybody who sees your play is going to walk away transformed, and hopefully in some similar way everybody who reads a story online is going to be transformed. And I, you know, for me personally, I can never feel like I can do enough through a screen uh, to, to soothe, to uh, say that I'm here, to say that I listen. But I think, you know, we have to, we have to um, uh, find ways. Um, and so I guess, you know, conversation is, is, is my preferred mode. So, so yeah, so thank you for, uh, for talking with me about all this um, yeah my pleasure and and just to clarify the the group that I go to and that I have been a part of the community you know it's um there's there's just as many men as women so it's it's a lot of men and women and a lot of the people that I'm seeing on Facebook are are men coming forward and saying me too and I think that's really much even harder for them so I I'm actually like maybe doubly proud just because it's in the society, it is really, really hard to speak up about these things as a man because you're supposed to be so, you know, you're supposed to be the protector and you're supposed to be so, um, you know, like nothing bothers you and right. strong. And, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, there have been waves of this. I mean, you know, in, in my med school, there were sexual harassment charges uh, and uh, against a professor. And this became, you know, this roiled the entire medical student class. Um, and uh, and then that was around the time of Anita Hill, so that was another big cultural wave. And now we've had several waves with the with the Isla Vista shootings uh, uh, in 2014. There was another wave, and so this is even bigger. So so I hope I hope this really does change the climate uh, for things. But um, yeah, thank you for uh, spending uh, uh, time. Um, yeah. Thanks for asking, Ravi. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Take care. I'll turn this off if I can figure out how to do that.